This is a messianic study of the book of Romans. It's given in a midrashic setting, which is audience participation. It was given during the months of June through August 2008. The discussion leader is John Behrens. He's pastor of Restoration Messianic Fellowship. You can reach our website at www.crimsonthread.com. There you can find this study in its entirety as well as other resources for your messianic study of the scriptures. This discussion has been edited and a number of the comments have been either truncated or removed for clarity and continuity. Okay, so we are still in Romans. Um, we finished up Romans 9 last week. Um, and I actually want to start back at uh, 9.30 and we'll get a run at 10 here. Um, what, then sh what shall we say then? The Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained it. That is, a righteousness that is by faith. But that Israel, who pursued a law that would lead to righteousness, did not succeed in reaching that law. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith. But as if it were based on works. They have stumbled over the stumbling stone, as is written, and so forth. All right. So one of the things <clears throat> to understand is progression of things. Paul spends a considerable amount of time talking about how Abraham got saved, right? And Abraham started off life as a Gentile, and he got saved by having an encounter with God and, and having faith in God, right? That's what the scripture says. Paul is going to talk about Gentiles coming to faith the same way Abraham did. The question that you need to ask is, did the Gentiles just sort of auto-generate, or was there some event that led them to faith? And there's an answer to that, obviously. The event that led them to faith is somebody preached to them, and he'll say that in a minute. So somebody talked to the Gentiles, the Gentiles believed the sermon, if you will, the Gentiles then came to faith, and coming to faith, they got saved just like Abraham did, because that's God's mechanism for getting saved. What do you mean? The fact of the matter is that Gentiles in general come to faith just like Abraham did, and because God's mechanism and his rules and so forth are the same for anybody, they got saved. And they got the Holy Spirit and all the stuff that Abraham had, even though they were not privy to the covenants of Abraham. Okay? Now, Abraham, let's go back to Abraham for a minute. He had a son. He actually had a number of sons, but he had one son through whom all this came followed on by Jacob, and then followed on by all the nations. Israel gets saved out of Egypt, and they come to Sinai. They also have an encounter with the living God, and they also get saved the same way everybody else does, by faith. Having been given salvation by God, they are also given the rules of the game, the Torah. So then they charge off and go through at this point, about 1,500 years of history, okay? And what's happened in Israel that Paul is talking about is they have lost the element of faith, and the only thing that many of them have left are the set of rules. Am I saying it so it makes sense? So once Israel falls out of relationship to God, 
they get all sorts of aberrations, even though very often they are following the form of the rules, if you will, okay? And they get thrown into exile, and, and that's where they are when Paul is writing this letter. They're in exile. So Paul is saying now, he's talking about Israel, who's in exile, and he's talking about why they're in exile and what the problem is. The problem's not the law. The problem is that they lost track of their relationship with God. God calls it adultery, okay? When they go whoring after false gods and so forth, they lost track of this relationship. And at that point, the rules, I won't say they didn't do them any good, but the rules are no longer sufficient to keep them in, in the pool, if you will. So finally God says, you don't have a relationship with me and you aren't following my rules out of the pool. So we'll go out into the wilderness again or go out into exile again until you rediscover this. Everybody with me? That, that's sort of a, a, a 10 second overview of the history of Israel. Now Paul is talking about Israel in exile. And what he's saying is, yeah, they've got the Torah, yeah, they got the set of rules, but they lost track of their relationship with God. So the fact that they had the rules, they weren't following the rules according to faith, so the rules weren't really doing them a whole lot of good. Yeah. Is this the same as Yeshua talks about in Revelation, where you have lost your first love? Sure. sure. Yeah, exactly. Good, good analogy. Uh, the letter to, what is it, uh, Ephesus in Revelation, where he says, you've lost your first love. You got all the rules. Okay, but you don't have a relationship with me anymore. The reason I want to say that is because some of the scripture that we're going to go to tonight, not all of which is in Romans, is going to re reference this, and I'm going to point it out in clear back in the Torah, where God says essentially what I just said. And it'll, it'll, it'll I hope, I mean, this, this crowd is not, you know, big on being afraid of the Torah, but for those who are against the Torah, I think it would put it into better perspective. Problem in the Torah, the problem is lack of relationship with God. All right, so chapter 10. Brother, my, brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness that comes from God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Messiah is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Okay? So what he's saying here is they have a zeal for God. In other words, they got the Torah, they got the books, they, they, they understand this stuff in an intellectual way. But the thing that they're missing is they tried to establish their own righteousness and did not submit to God's righteousness, which is to say they didn't mix the law with faith, which is what he said back up here in uh, 930. What shall we say then that Gentiles who do not pursue righteousness have attained it, that is righteousness by faith, but Israel who pursued a law that, should lead, that would lead to righteousness did not succeed in reaching the law. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith. So Paul is re-emphasizing, if you were saying it in a different way, down here in verse or chapter 10. So the, the, the problem here is lack of a relationship to God, not necessarily, you know, whether you tithe your Annas and Cumin and, you know, all of the things that Yeshua beats up on the Pharisees about. That's not the issue here, guys. The issue here is you don't have a relationship with me or my Father. Uh, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. 
Again, if you spend much time with Bible-believing Sunday Christians, they will tell you that that just flat says that the law is ended. Okay? And I, I've had... Huh? What was that? Ended. No longer applies. Void. Done away with. Repealed. No longer in effect. Don't mess with that Old Testament stuff. It doesn't apply to you. See, Paul says so. Okay? That's what lots and lots, not all, but lots and lots of Sunday Christians get out of that phrase. That's not what it means. What it means, the word end here is the Greek word telos. Okay? And telos can mean either a terminus or a goal. Okay, the word means either one. The way I read this, because it's consistent with everything else that Paul says, is Christ is the goal of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. In other words, the law has as its goal the righteousness that comes from belief in Christ. And the only reason that works is because Christ is God. For Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who does the commandments shall live by them. All right, now that's from Leviticus. Let's go back there because we want to. And again, one of the things that uh, I have said over and over and over again, and I said it at the beginning of this, this study, is you're in Leviticus 18. All right. One of the things I've said over and over again is Paul cannot be teaching against Torah because Paul is using the Torah as his authority. Okay? So you can't be using something as your authority and then, you know, hold on to the sky hook while you take your foundation out from under you. It doesn't work. Okay? So we're at Leviticus uh, 18. Uh, in verse, and actually I want to back up to 4. You, uh, you shall not walk in their statutes, meaning the Canaanites. You shall follow my rules and keep my statutes and walk in them. I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my rules. If a person does them, he shall live by them. I am the Lord. So what he's saying here is, if you follow my rules and you have a notice it says I am the Lord which is to say not that I am this super cop it is this is who I am and so if you follow my rules and you have a relationship with me you will live if you don't you'll die and he says that more clearly in Deuteronomy and and we'll get to Deuteronomy in just a minute because Paul will refer to that so he's referring to the Torah back here and he's saying, basically, and it doesn't read as clearly in, in Romans as it does in Leviticus. Okay? And Leviticus says, You shall therefore keep my statutes and my rule. If a person does them, he shall live by them. And that, again, one of the things that it can be read in an English construct is live by them as, as a standard of conduct. In other words, a habit. Something you live by is a habit. Okay, so I, I, I live by the habit of not walking 
in front of black cats or you know whatever you want to do. It's a habit of mine. That's not what's being said here. The sense of it is these bring life. Anything else brings death. Okay? So back to Romans. For, Roman, uh, for Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who does the commandments shall live by them. But the righteousness based on faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Messiah up from the dead. But what does the, it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your ear, that is the word of faith that we proclaim. All right, so now we need to go back to uh, Deuteronomy, and that's Deuteronomy 30, verse 11. For this commandment that I command you today is not too far for you, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend to heaven for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it. Neither is it beyond the sea that you shall say, who shall go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very near to you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you can do it. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today, here we go, by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, and by keeping his commandments and statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of. So he's saying a couple of things. It's, it's a big mouthful. First thing he's saying is, hey, this is not too hard. Okay. You do not hire a Philadelphia lawyer to explain this to you. It's in your mouth. You have it with you. You're carrying it with you. You need to know what to do. Speak my word. Okay. So that's, that's thing one, is that what I have given you is something that a shepherd can understand. And I believe it was Brian that said, or maybe Ray, you really ought to be suspicious of a theology that can't be understood by a shepherd. Whenever you get somebody that is, is spinning dazzling feats of language and is going off and, and, and setting up this esoteric theology, if you don't think a shepherd could follow this guy, he's full of cornflakes. And that's what God is saying here. I have given you a set of rules that you can understand. You don't need to send off for a lawyer to, to interpret them. All right, but here we go. But verse 15 is where it gets good. See, I have set before you today life and good and death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, one, that I command you today by, how do you obey the commandments? By, this is how you obey the commandments. By loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, and by keeping his commandments and statutes and his rules. So what he's saying is, the first thing that you have got to have to follow this law is a relationship with me. And that's based on faith. Okay, Paul is saying the same thing, and he's, you know, casting it into Christology, which is fine. Um, I happen to think it's a little bit easier to understand back here in Deuteronomy, but it's the same message. One of the problems that we all have is we have 2,000 years of people handing you Paul one in first. And, and the example I use, you've all seen those optical puzzles where you look at them one way and, and you, oh, 
there's a million of them. We look at them one way and you see a vase, and look at it another way, you see two faces. That, that may be familiar to some of you. And, and you look at it, and you look at it, and you look at it, and all of a sudden your head switches, and you see it the other way, and you can no longer understand how you ever thought it looked like anything else. Paul's the same way. If somebody has handed you Paul, church end first, for the last 2,000 years, and every preacher you hear on the radio and every preacher you hear on Sunday is preaching the same message, it's real hard to make the shift back. But once you do make the shift, then all of Paul makes sense. And it, do, and it turns out it isn't hard to understand. But it's making that mental shift that is difficult. And, and if you don't want to make the mental shift, it's even more difficult. Because there are a whole lot of people that are spooked into, we got to believe it and say it the way the preacher says it, otherwise we're not saved. That's nonsense. Okay? This is intended to be simple. It's not intended to be hard. And if it's hard, somebody's messed it up for you. One thing we have to 